Am I my own worst enemy? That's a question that I think a lot of people ask themselves, and we're going to work on answering that question during this episode here today. You are listening to Mental Health Insights. My name is Craig Faust. I'm a licensed professional counselor. Let's get to answering this. I think a lot of people, when they hear this question, am I my own worst enemy, inherently know the answer. And a lot of times it's yes. We are we are our worst enemies. And you know, it even happened right there, right? Even as I misspoke, you know, I'm gonna keep that in this episode. Because even whenever I misspeak right there, Right, initially my brain's like, oh, Craig, you idiot. I bet that a lot of you listening can relate. That as soon as you make a mistake, as soon as you mess up just a little bit, as soon as you have difficulty doing something that looks like everybody else does, we have our own internal critics. We are watching ourselves. We are observers of ourselves all the time. And over the course of our lives, we are pretty good at observing ourselves and getting us to ignore all those little thoughts that come up sometimes. And this is one of the ways that we can actually become our own worst enemies. And there's two schools of thought, right? The natural human reaction is to do one of two things. One, bury it, compartmentalize it, throw it away, set it aside, ignore it, so that it does not affect us in our day-to-day lives, life and musing, which doesn't really quite work because, you know, in the background, deep down, you know, we still feel those messages. They still affect us. And the other thing is to project that out into the world, to um, possibly be harder on those around us or on the world or, or people that we know or people that we don't know, right? We take those internal messages, right? Like the messages I just gave myself that I'm like, oh gosh, Craig, you know, you're so dumb. And I might treat other people like they're dumb or that they're less than in order to help myself feel better in some way or in order to contain that or or push against it in some way. Those are two of the most common ways that we use to manage internal feelings that happen. And, And everybody has different strategies and they can have different pieces from this. But, you know, getting back to that question, are we our own worst enemy? This is most certainly true. And as far as I know, and in my counseling and theory and the work that I do with my clients, is that the only way of being able to address this problem of this condition of ourselves is to actually be able to sit and think about it and look at ourselves, focus on ourselves more and more and more, deeper and deeper and deeper. And once we start to get to that depth of who we are and what we think about ourselves, can we allow ourselves in those deepest of moments to not only recognize how that influences our decisions and how it influences the way that we protect ourselves, but can we also allow another person to love and care about us 
to recognize the protections that we use, to recognize this part of us, to care about us, to move closer to us, if we're not able to do that on our own, which most of us are not. So again, circling back to that question, are we our own worst enemy? Yes, typically we are. And I want to give you an example that you could probably relate to. A lot of times when we're in relationships, whether or not it's friendship or an intimate relationship, or in parent-child relationship, we're probably going to get angry at some point with this other person. We're probably going to be frustrated with them in some manner. And in that frustration, in that anger, we are going to create some distance between us. We are going to do kind of what I would call like a shove. Not a, not a physical shove, but we'll use a word or a phrase or, or something or a tone or a loudness or a, uh, you know, our body may get more energetic to actually create a little bit of distance in that relationship to help protect us. And a lot of times the reason that we do that is because internally it doesn't feel good whenever things are going bad. And usually whenever things don't feel good inside we do things outside to other people to keep ourselves safe. We've talked about this before on other episodes. There are our own protections that come up to keep us safe, to keep our psyche safe, to keep us stable as we can possibly do, um, or as stable as we possibly can. And the truth is that a lot of times this is actually the very thing that makes us our own worst enemies because we look at the external world and we protect ourselves from it which is completely normal to do. But in doing so, we're dedicating all that energy and effort to doing that rather than looking internally towards our own self, towards our own experiences, towards our own reaction, and trying to address ourself, right? The common denominator in so many equations is us, what we can, you know, how we can react, how we can control different things that are going on with us, our responses or different things like that. Surely, if, if you're listening to this, you know, there may be some type of, uh, you know, cultural anag- you know, analogy or uh, commonality between this. Uh, there's called like the, the locus of control is what we call it here uh, in the United States. And, right, you focus on the things you can control, not the things that you can't. Well, the thing is internally, right, the condition of our own heart is something that we can control because the more and more that we recognize the way that we protect ourselves, then the easier it is for us to not only acknowledge how we protect ourselves, validate how we protect ourselves, that it makes good sense, but also work on softening our own heart in these areas of us that are in extreme pain and extreme hurt and extreme distress. So I'm going to use myself as an example, as a proxy. And um, I'll kind of give you guys a, a insight to uh, the podcast or the therapist here, right? So you know, I've spoken about this before, right? There's there's this deep-seated part of me that, you know, deep sense of I'm going to fail, that I am a failure in some way, that I'm not really going to quite live up to, you know, all, all these hopes and aspirations of people around me, especially my family, and uh, and then the hopes and aspirations I have for myself, then even faith-wise, the, the hopes and aspirations that perhaps God has for me, and it weighs heavy on me. And because of that, it, you know, because of my fear of failing, 
it makes it really hard for me to admit different things. And I've gotten definitely better at this over the years, but it makes me really, you know, a little bit of that protectiveness even comes up right there. It makes it hard for me to admit that I don't know something. It makes it hard for me to admit that I'm lost. It makes it hard for me to admit that I don't feel like I'm very smart in this area or I'm very strong in this area. So what that leads me to do is whenever I feel these things where I'm failing, it usually leads me to lashing out. You know, uh, a lot of my friends might describe me as quick-witted in different things. I'm very good at turning a situation around, very good at saying a a funny or quick saying to uh, take direction or turn the direction of the conversation away from me towards somebody else or something else entirely. And it is a technique that I've used over the course of my life because if we start looking at this part of me or people start noticing this part of me that I'm a failure, they're going to realize that, you know, I'm a fraud, that, you know, I'm making this up as I go, that I don't really know these things that they thought that maybe I knew or I don't have it all put together, right? There's a, even as I'm talking about it, right, I can feel the kind of the cascade of uh, different messages of worries, of fears that I have, and here I am broadcasting them through the world. Uh, there's a little bit of protectiveness in this because, you know, I'm in a room alone. Um, but I know that a lot of you are going to hear it, and, and hopefully some of you are going to be able to relate to this. So so for me, right, if I want to try to really discover, am I a big enemy of myself, right? Am I, you know, my own greatest issue, right? Am I, you know, the cause of so much of my own suffering? Yeah, it's really easy for me to see that, right? The way that I protect myself, the my arrogance, my uh, lack of humility in different areas that I've had over the course of my life, my inability to be mentally flexible or my absolutism around certain ideas or concepts that have really pushed people away, that has really harmed relationships that I've had, and then makes me feel terrible about it afterwards. So the thing is that if we can take a look, right, and examine ourselves, as I've you know, hopefully you're listening to this. I've done a lot of self-reflection. I've done a lot of looking into these, which is why I have so much language around it. It's a lot of sitting and thinking and facing these parts of you that are so painful and that have been buried and that usually we don't show the light of day. And trying to examine, okay, how is it that like whenever this part of me gets hit, this deep down part gets hit, because it gets hit all the time. It gets hit all the time. Whenever it gets hit, how does this affect how I respond? How does this affect the way that I treat people around me? And the more and more that I can link those two, one, like it helps me understand that I, I am protecting myself. This is my protection. It's not me being mean. It's not me um, being, you know, insert, you know, harmful word about myself here. It's not about me being a terrible person. It's about the way that I'm protecting myself. And once I start to recognize that's how I'm protecting myself, then I can start to pivot towards a risk in those moments instead. A risk towards showing my heart, towards saying, like, you know, like I am telling you guys here, oh, man, I messed up here at the beginning of the episode. I tripped over my words. And that's not the first time that I tripped over my words in this episode. And, like, wow, whenever I did that right there, it really just made me feel like, 
made me feel like an idiot. Oh, it made me feel not so smart, not so great about myself. And usually what happens is whenever people can recognize and see your distress, it actually makes them have compassion for you. It actually makes them want to show up for you. It actually makes them want to move in closer, which is a lot of times counterintuitive for us. Right? I feel like if people really know that I feel like I'm a failure, that I feel like I'm a fraud in some ways, that that they're going to see that and they're going to agree with it and they're going to leave me. They're going to abandon me. They're not going to want to have anything to do with me. I've been lying to them, you know, in some manner. So, you know, that's that's part of the fear there. And the thing is that it's not what happens. Usually people can identify with it. That's the whole reason I'm telling you guys about it. I'm hoping that some of you can identify with it and recognize those own parts inside you. There's some people that are listening to this and you can't really re- identify with this part. Right, but you may be able to identify with other messages I've had, or maybe you can kind of pivot to, you know, maybe it's that I actually don't feel like I'm enough, that I'm not lovable, that I just always screw things up, that you know, there's just some something inherently broken about me, that you know, everybody leaves me alone, right? So there has to be something wrong, right? There, there may be some deep down hurt or pain that you have, and trace it back. All right, like, well, what does this cause me to do? All right, you've listen to episodes possibly previously when I talked about emotions, find find where that place is in your body, All right? This deep sense of failure inside me, it's like this pang in my heart. It feels like a pinprick, like something's just jabbing me in my heart. Whenever I talk about it, it makes my breath a little bit short, right? My throat get a little bit heavy, right? I could feel a little tension there. And can I sit and just focus on these sensations for a little bit? Can I try my best just to really tap into them, allow my body to really take it on, rather than doing what the normal thing, which would be for me to pretend that it's not there or to get angry about something or to distract myself, right? Can I sit there and actually face the condition, right? Face myself, face the parts of me that feel like they're bad, face the suffering, face the hurt, face the pain, and face these terrible messages so that I can really, instead of looking at myself and feeling and doing the things that make me my own worst enemy, then can I start to shift into being a more authentic, being a more genuine version and actually showing my heart, which will actually cause people to move closer. Whenever we're vulnerable, people have an instinctive nature to want to move closer. Even while you're hearing me talk about this, there may be a part of you that can hear my voice, that maybe even imagines what my face could look like, that can even picture that, you know, there are some tears coming up in Craig's eyes as he he was talking about this, that you can kind of feel maybe a little bit of your heart that, like if I was in that same room, right, maybe you want to put your, you know, arm around me or maybe you'd want to like hold my hand just for a second or maybe you just want to thank me you know like whatever it is whenever we show our hearts to people their instinctive desire is to actually feel closer to us and a lot of times even actually move closer and get closer proximity in some ways right and not necessarily in like a sexual way just in like a closeness that where it almost feels like the space between us is not a good representation of how close I feel right now. 
I see it all the time in working with couples and families. I see it even like whenever I work with my clients, like where they'll start to lean forward. I'll feel myself start to lean forward whenever there's some type of vulnerability, right? There's some instinctive human desire to reduce that space in between two people uh, whenever vulnerability enters the room. And that's important, right? So this is just another way of looking at like how to show your heart. So like, yeah, we are our own worst enemy whenever we're in a constant state of protecting ourselves, we're in a constant state of hiding ourselves or not looking at ourselves. And really the only way to turn that around is to actually go into the pain, be able to show your heart, at least show it to yourself first and then work on showing it to somebody else. Of course, this is a terribly, or it can be a terribly difficult thing for some of us, especially that I've had a lot of painful experiences with other people. I'd encourage you to do this with the counselor then. All right, be able to turn yourself from your own worst enemy to your greatest ally, to your greatest advocate. Right, I can sit here and record this episode because I don't feel as much like a failure as I did you know, years ago, whenever I started working on this part, years ago, whenever I started being able to admit that I don't really know the answer, you know, years ago, whenever I started feeling like I don't have to be shooting for the stars every time I can be okay where I'm at right now. The thing is that when we acknowledge these parts of ourselves, it helps us be a little more flexible with them, a little more caring and loving towards ourselves. So I hope that you found this episode helpful. I know that even me just speaking it out loud is helpful for me. Now I hope you could hear it, my voice. And uh, I just appreciate the opportunity, right? Those of you guys that are listening to this, I appreciate the opportunity to record. I know there's quite a few people that listen to this, and I appreciate you. I appreciate your desire to improve things for yourself. I appreciate you giving me a, a platform to do my best to try to help you improve your own mental health. That's something that's really important to me, something I care deeply about. Uh, So thank you for joining us, and I look forward to recording more of these episodes and being able to publish them. I know that uh, it's going to be an interesting thing next time that I record. Next time that I record, on a personal note, I will uh, have a daughter here. Um, So this will be my second child. And, uh, you know, you may get a little more sleep deprived version of Craig or, you know, a version of Craig that is, uh, you know, maybe having some things to talk about, about sacrifice or, uh, you know, about committing to something or like serving, you know, a, an infant or just kind of being selfless in some ways. Cause usually that's what parents have to be like whenever they have an infant. And then as they slowly mature and as they slowly grow and they become a little more independent over a long period of time, uh, you know, then we get to mature and develop in other ways and develop other relationships. So, you know, it's something I've been thinking about a lot in preparation for this. So, you know, maybe we'll have some episodes around that if it could be helpful. But you know what, I want to encourage you that if you are listening to this and you have some type of burning question or, or anything like that that you want me to talk about, you know, feel free to reach out. This is something where I've had people reach out for and it's given me uh, you know a desire to record certain episodes and different things like that you know that's something that's easy for me to do really um, it, it keeps me from having to guess things that may be helpful and really kind of hone down on things that are helpful because I'm here to serve you right 
Um, so again, you can reach out to me. The email is Craig, C-R-A-I-G, at lifecarecounselingstl.com. Uh, that email should be in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. And I want to let you know that I love you. I care about you. I know that we don't get to see each other face to face. I know that you're more familiar with me than maybe I am with you. And hopefully in the future, that's something that can change as I'm thinking about developing different online communities and different things like that. But Um, I do care about you. That's why I produce these episodes. Um, That's why I have to, you know, confront this part of me that feels like I'm a failure because at the end of the day, if I felt like I was going to fail at this, I never would have produced it. That fear of failure would have kept me from doing this, would have kept me from pushing forward on doing something that I felt my heart that I should do. And because I was able to confront that part allows me to produce different things like this so I want to encourage you to confront you know your own self your own hurts your own pains so I love you and care about you and I wish you well until next time thank you for listening to our show this podcast is designed to provide accurate and reliable information and those that appear on the show are all licensed professionals in the area of mental health counseling we are in no way rendering legal or medical advice only information to help serve you better in making decisions in your life if you need a professional you should find one you are listening to is called Lobby Time and that is by Kevin McLeod and licensed through Creative Commons.